You're listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Superhuman in You is an organization with a mission to help business leaders improve their mental, physical, and emotional health. Now presenting to you, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and an award-winning coach, your host, Anurag Rai. Hi, James. I'm really excited to have you on the show, and I'm so grateful that you accepted my invite. My Um, pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. I know you can bring so much value to this topic, and uh, I've been on one of your seminars as well. Um, So excited for today. And uh, once you're ready, let's get started. Yeah, I mean, you you ask away, you ask the questions, I'll, I'll be happy to give you the answers, or my opinions on the answers. Awesome. So... I want to start with uh, getting to understand what emotional intelligence is for you. Okay, so the way that I I look at everything, so we have three three key levels of intelligence, right? So you've got the one that everybody kind of knows about, which is IQ or intelligence quotient. Then we have obviously um, emotional intelligence. And the one that that our business is, is all about is motivational intelligence and I'm going to talk about that probably later on. So for me, emotional intelligence is based on feeling, right? It's all about feeling. It's irrational. It's emotional driven. And it has a a genetic flow to it. So, you know, it's part of our our genetics. It's part of our makeup, you know, and it's it's something that's passed on. However, um, it's only a very small percentage of genetic. The rest is all all learned behaviors. it's based around relationships, around empathy. Um, it, it's very, very important emotional intelligence in your success, but it is not, you know, for example, when you think about IQ, you know, IQ does not make you successful. You know, IQ is fact-based, it's rational, it's your logical mind, and it has quite a high part of it is genetics. It's really all about your kind of problem-solving, um, how your mind, you know, how you, you take in and, 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 and hold and information. Um, so for me, emotional tension is, is, is a big part of your success in life, but only a percentage of it. And when I say that is, you know, we all know that people with high IQ and people with high EQ, EQ are not necessarily successful in life. So there's always something else going on. But I still feel like EQ is so important, particularly around that uh, connection with other people in that relationship building, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely it does. Uh, interesting to know your opinion on that. So, in terms of? Uh, in terms of, so w- what else do you think is going on behind the scene? Obviously, I agree with you when you say that IQ, I feel IQ is becoming more and more less relevant in today's world. It might have been more relevant in like 10, 20 years before when we did not have these smart computers and because everything was done by the brain, uh, right? But I think uh, where we are heading is uh, getting less and less relevant. But something which I found interesting is you said, so I've only heard about EQ and IQ, but you said there's something else which adds on uh, to for somebody to become successful in life. So would would love to hear what, what that thing is. Absolutely. So 
the third level of intelligence that, that we talk about. So, so let, let me let me kind of talk about the word mindset, yeah? Now, mm -hmm. I know that in the world that you live in, and the world, in fact, anyone who's in business, in fact, probably anyone in the, in the planet nowadays, they know what a mindset is, right? They've heard of the word mindset. Now, if you go back you know, 15, 20 years ago, before Carol Dweck released her book, Mindset, no one knew anything about it. Yeah. Yep. It used to be, I think it was Positive Mental Attitude, PMA. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So nobody knew what a mindset was. And then Carol Dweck released her book about mindset. And it was all about how our, we can control our thoughts. And it's our thoughts that create that, you know, either closed or, or, or a fixed mindset or growth mindset, which is your open mind and you're open to change and you're adaptable and you can, you know, you control your thoughts. Now, motivational intelligence or MQ is basically, that's the DNA of a growth mindset. So that's where it all comes from. It's actually, you know, kind of, how, how would I to explain it? It's, it's almost like, um, it's how we were, we were created. So if you go back to, you know, 500 million years ago, right? 500 million years ago when we were homo sapiens, right? The very first part of our brain, which is called the reptilian brain, and it sits right at the back of your head on your, your stem, your, your nerve cell stem, right at the back of your neck. That was the first part of our brain that had developed. And that was your fight or flight. That was your survival mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happened, that, and this is 500 million years ago, so we used to actually walk in our, in our hands and, and feet. Actually, we'd walk in our hands like, like other animals would. But our, 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 our fight or flight, our, our uh, um, motivational intelligence, we'll call it reptilian brain, we realized that if we could stand in two feet, we would conserve less energy. So if we can conserve less energy, we wouldn't need to rely on food as, as much. So it was that survival mode. Yep. So motivational intelligence is almost like your survival mode. And then what happened is about 200 million years ago, we had EQ. And EQ is all about that emotional part of us, you know, the part that kind of that drives um, who we are. Right, the, the emotional connection, and that was created around. Um, so to, to communicate, so we knew that we had to learn to communicate in a, in, a, in a different way. And it's like I said, it's the second oldest part. And we created six universal emotions around the motivational intelligence. And the reason I'm going through this is, is how that fits into motivational intelligence. So the six universal emotions that we developed, yep, were fear, anger, sadness, surprise, happiness, and oh, I can't remember the other one. Anyway, there's six of them. So that's five. And you'll, what you'll notice is, is you'll notice that they're all negative. There's only one. Um, Positive, which is happening. So fear, anger, sadness, surprise, they're all negative emotions because it was to help us survive. Um, and and, and that, that allowed it for the communication, so verbal communication. So first of all, we had, you know, hand signals and then we, we started to talk 
naturally created intelligence. And that's a different part of our brain. So your motivational intelligence is your limbic, yeah, sorry, your reptilian. Your emotional intelligence is the bit of in the middle, yeah? Mm -hmm. In the center of your brain, and that's where our motivational intelligence sits. That's your limbic brain. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's a second oldest, and that's where our emotions all lie. And then, of course, we have our, our um, intelligence quote or our IQ. And that sits, the bit that we imagine our brain to be is the big, see the big white part when we see our brain, we see the fluffy white part. Yeah. That's your neocortex, and it, it goes from the front of our head to the back. And that's the youngest part of our brain. It's only 200,000 years old. Mm -hmm. And you know that little voice that we have? You know yeah. that voice? That's your intelligence. That's your IQ. That's your, your IQ. That's our reasoning part. That's the bit where we, we use to kind of think. Our conscious mind. Let's yeah. put it that way. You know how we have two minds? We've got conscious and yeah. subconscious. So if you imagine your emotional intelligence and your motivational intelligence is your subconscious mind. And 95% of our brain activity sits in the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. That is 11 million inputs per second. Yep, it's happening in that emotional and motivational intelligence part of our brain. And then our conscious mind, the bit that's listening to me right now, is only 5% of our activity. So a, to a, a little tiny piece of what we do every day is based on IQ. Mm -hmm. And that's only 40 inputs per second. So if you can imagine your EQ and your MQ is 11 million. And our, the bit that's listening to me in the, in the, 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 as the listeners listen to this, only 40, 40 inputs per second is based on that IQ part of our brain. And, and that's the massive difference um and, and 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 how our brains operate and it's basically so motivational intelligence is the easiest way to describe it would be to say probably the, the let's define it so it's our ability to identify and manage negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs in order to overcome obstacles and accomplish your goals. So that's motivational intelligence. And by the way, motivational intelligence has, is about 80% of what makes you successful is that ability to look at obstacles and challenges as opportunities where most people put their head in the sand or fight or flight. You know how we, we almost talk ourselves out of why we can do things? Yeah. That's motivational intelligence. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense now, or if I've no. just confused you more. No, definitely it does, and a very interesting uh, concept, I would say. So, something I also uh, talk about uh, sometimes is, so, this emotional intelligence is what I talk about is have got different levels. So the first level is awareness. So be aware of what your emotions are. Yep. And then the second level is transformation when you can use those emotions rather than being controlled by those emotions. Yep. So I think um, motivational intelligence would would be that that thing to use those emotions, if I got it right, to 
to use it for our success rather than something which is pulling us back. So, 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 so let's talk about just what you said. So, emotional intelligence, in my in my opinion, comes in kind of four or five different layers. Yeah. So the first one you've got, you mentioned it, is that self-awareness. So you recognize your own emotions, you recognize your triggers, you mm -hmm. recognize the things that get you angry, things that get you sad, things that get your back up. So that's the self-awareness part of emotional intelligence, yeah? yeah. And then you have the self-management, and that's where you're able to control that impulsiveness. Mm -hmm. yeah? So you know that you're feeling it because it's very impulsive emotions, you know, we're actually driven by emotions 80% of the time. Yeah. So nearly all of the decisions we make, between 80 and 90% of all of the decisions that we make are driven by emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that, and then what we do is we, we logically, we, we use our IQ, we logically um, come up with reasons why we made the decision, but really we're driven by emotion. And that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of people, they have uh, um, that uh, almost social awareness. And that's kind of where your empathy comes in for other people. So emotional intelligence is, is, is almost driven by your MQ. Yep. Yeah. So imagine how our brains work. In, in, in 2016, Harvard University um, done some research. And what they did is they, they proved beyond all reasonable doubt how a human mind works, right? So if you imagine IQ, EQ, and MQ as these three key parts of our mind. So you've got reptilian, you've got your um, um, your limbic, and you've got your neocortex. So how our brains actually work is, the very first thing that happens is our MQ or our reptilian brain kicks in. That happens first. That's your fight or flight. Is this going to kill me? Is this going to hurt me? Is this going to harm me? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then your emotion kicks in. So how do I feel about this? And then your IQ kicks in. And then it's, okay, have I experienced this before? How does this work? That's the kind of goal setting part. So your IQ is the kind of goal setting side of it. Okay, do I like this? Do I not? Am I, am I willing to continue with this or am I not? And then what happens, there's actually a loop back to your MQ. So our brains go MQ, EQ, IQ, IQ, MQ, EQ. So you have this loop that's happening inside our minds, and that was Harvard. And basically what they've done is they pro they, they, they've now proven beyond all reasonable doubt that it's actually mo your motivational intelligence or your reptilian brain that drives most of our behaviors and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it's actually like you said there, it's actually your MQ that's driving your EQ and your IQ. So the yeah. very first thing we think about is, 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 is humans is, is this going to, uh, is this going to hurt me? Do I want to stick at it? How does it work? Okay. I think I might be confusing people. Let me put it even simpler. And I think you've heard the story before. Now, if you think about a baby, right? So you think about, a, you know, a 12-month, two-year-old baby when they're learning to walk, right? Now, we are all born with high motivational intelligence, right? 
to walk, talk. The hardest things we ever do in life is when we're young kids. We've got this high level of motivation intelligence. And, and when I say that, it's get up, do it, keep, keep, keep pushing, no excuses, and, you know, willingness to keep moving, you know, uh, willing to take risks. Because when a baby learns to stand up, I mean, they fall on average, I think it's 17 times a minute or 260 times before they learn to take the first step. So that they, 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 they have, they're almost constantly learning from their mistakes and they don't let fear hold them back. Mm-hmm. And that's having a high level of, of motivational intelligence. Now, the opposite side of that, um, so a low level of, of, of motivational intelligence or uh, you know fixed mindset is when we blame everybody else. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, they can do it, I can't. They've got what it takes, I don't, or instant gratification, or they, they, they turn. I mean, you've met lots of people and they, they really quickly can turn any positive into a negative. We all we all know people like that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um they they, they, they they can't stick at things, they give up easily. Um, they try not to fail so they don't take risks. Yeah. They're very reactive versus proactive. So these are all characteristics of MQ, and that is what drives your EQ, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. An interesting concept. So the power to control our emotions comes from the MQ, as you describe it. Yep. And obviously, we all know that how important are emotions because our emotions are the ones that are the driving factors of how far we'll go in life. Um, Because whether we realize it or not, most of our decisions are based on some kind of emotion inside us. Absolutely, absolutely, totally, 100%. I mean, if you think about, I think that that sort of, if you look at any any sports person, anyone in life who's, who's, who's created any type of, you know, success, they all have one thing in common, they have high levels of motivational intelligence or a growth mindset. Yeah. So they have that high levels, not not in all aspects of their life now. And it's the same with emotional intelligence as well. You can you can have high motivational intelligence in business, but really low motivational intelligence in your personal life. Or high emotional intelligence in business, but really low emotional intelligence in your personal life. You know, so it, it, it's... It's, it's about, I call it having the perfect game. And the perfect game is understanding how your all of these things all work in harmony together. You know, because if you just focus on your emotional intelligence, that will not guarantee you success in life. Now, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in business, you know, high levels of emotional intelligence will not guarantee you success. High levels of emotional intelligence will and, and it's and it's understanding how they work together that I think is is the real magic in what we do as coaches, trainers, is really understanding how how our minds work. Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things. And I know you've been on one of one of my seminars and training programs before. We all we never ever start with talking about the skills, the skill gaps in people. Yeah. We always talk about the belief gaps because yeah. um, I, I think it's um, uh, what's it, the famous um, 
if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. Yes. So if you think you can or think you can't, and that's your emotional, uh, your motivational intelligence, you know, is that belief system. So yeah. if you don't think you can do it or you don't have the right want, drive and desire, then you'll never achieve the results. And that is your motivational intelligence. So it doesn't matter how emotionally intelligent you are or how high your IQ is, if you don't have that missing part, that, that NQ, then, then nothing's going to change. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. So, so what I hear you say is it's not just important to be aware of our emotions, but we should know how to use them. And, Absolutely. And also how to transform our beliefs by using uh, motivational intelligence, as you describe it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's plain and simple. So your motivational intelligence is your core thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. So that's your NQ. You know, your EQ is that emotional part. Mm -hmm. You know, so that uh, your self-awareness of your own emotion, and then your IQ, of course, is your ability to hold and 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 and, and, and I suppose regurgitate information that 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 you've you've learned. So if we if we can take control of our core thoughts, because I mean, let's let's go back to EQ. What is it that drives emotion? Yeah. So. Emotions usually start. So what I believe that emotions start not because just because we had a thought. It's when we start focusing on that thought. Yeah. So it's the core thoughts and beliefs. And by the way, so your emotions are driven initially by that thought, but yeah. they don't become core thoughts yeah. until you have it. You know, so our, our brains have an amazing way. So if you think about what we just talked about, 11 million inputs, yeah, a, a, a second in our brain. So our brains are these, you know, constantly have thoughts, constant thoughts, but we have reoccurring thoughts. You know, we have the same thoughts over and over again, and that that's what our thoughts focus on. So our brains filter out all the thoughts that we have all day, and they focus on our core thoughts, and it's our core thoughts that become our beliefs. Yeah. So if we're having the same thoughts over again, i.e., um, I'm just not very good at this, or I'm really struggling, and we keep telling ourselves over and over again why we struggle with something, guess what? You'll always struggle. I think another good one is, um, an easy way to explain that is, I'm terrible at remembering names. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So if somebody tells themselves that they're really bad at remembering names, guess what? They will always be bad. They'll always be. See, another one is, I'm terrible at maths. Yeah. And guess what? If you believe that to be true, then it's true. Yeah. And that's motivational intelligence at work. That's your core thoughts and beliefs controlling your emotions, and your emotions control your, your, your IQ. So they work in tandem. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because uh, you'll never create that IQ if you don't believe you can. Exactly. Exactly. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Before we do anything, we must first believe that we can do it in the first place. Right. Absolutely. And that's what takes you onto the mindset. Mm -hmm. So if, if you've got a fixed mindset or low motivational intelligence, you're constantly telling yourself, you know, it's easy for others, imposter syndrome. I can't learn it, but they can. I don't have the capabilities. I don't believe I can develop it. But if we go back in time, 
before we started to create that negative thought. We all lived in this high-growth, high-motivational intelligence state where everything was opportunity. You know, we'd look at our parents walking, talking, you know, all of those things that we learned when we were really young. That is high-motivational intelligence. But as we grow older and people tell us why we can't do things, we start to fail at things, we're almost taught the exact opposite in life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So something which I, so my coaching is based on three principles of psychology. And I don't know if you heard about that. So it's, it comes from a psychologist called Sid Banks. So something which I uh, often uh, talk about is, it's not the thoughts that are problem, it's the thoughts that we focus on becomes the problem. So if I said somebody that uh, think of a monster, they think of a monster, but they're not scared because they know it's a thought. It's only when we forget that, uh, so for example, as you said, when we keep on thinking the same thought again and again, it becomes a belief because we're focusing on that thought. Yeah. I mean, go, go, uh, you've heard my story when I talk about um, when you bought, when you buy a new car. Yeah. Now, you let's say you're buying a new Mercedes, right? You go into the garage and you choose the car and a week later you go to pick it up and you drive out in your new car and something magical happens. Mm-hmm. What, what, what happens? The minute you drive out that garage, what happens? You see that car everywhere. Exactly. And that's the dominant thought. Yeah. And not only that, you see, first of all, you start to see the same car and then you start to see red and blue and, and before you know it your notes and all your neighbors have got one and you're thinking oh my god where did all these cars come from totally that's the power of dominant thought that's the power that you just talked about it's not having a thought and yeah. i think that's the biggest problem i don't know if you've, you've heard of affirmations yeah yeah i think that's the biggest problem when people talk about you know the whole um the secret and affirmations People think, well, well, I've tried affirmations. They don't work. Yeah, because they, they, they say an affirmation once or twice a day, but they say the negative connotation of that maybe 30 or 40 times a day. Mm-hmm. So no wonder the affirmation doesn't work because the dominant thought is not the affirmation. The dominant thought is the opposite of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to talk, think about affirmations as... So from the secrets, people have thought that it's something magical or something woo-woo which is going to transform their life. Obviously, we both know that that's not true. Uh, So what I feel affirmations are really helpful for is uh, motivating our brain and shifting our identity. So when- Yeah, we use affirmations every day of our lives. I mean, for good and for bad. Yeah, exactly. You know, in an actual fact, we just talked about uh, our EQ where we have six levels of emotions and, and five of those six are all negative mm-hmm. because we, we are programmed as humans to, to I think it's uh, Darwin says, it's not the strongest of the species that survive. It's the one that's most adaptable to change. Yep. Yep. So we, we are programmed to survive. We're programmed, uh, 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 you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago to survive. So, and that survival is based on negative because normally positive things don't risk our survival. It's negative things that risk our survival. 
Yeah. So, so whether we like it or not, we are programmed to think negatively. But you can take back control of that. And this is basically everything I do in my life is we, my, our whole life, our business, everything that we do is based around that growth mindset. Every challenge is, is, is an opportunity to grow, to develop, or to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you start to change your mind to look at all challenges are actually a good thing. Yeah. You're either going to win, grow, or learn, then you start to look at life a little bit different. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I like how you said there, and uh, something which I believe in as well, that our brains are not designed to make us successful. They're designed to keep us safe. Exactly. Exactly. We're designed to... I mean, okay, maybe not... So I, I believe we're born to be successful, right? We, we have all of the traits and characteristics at birth to be successful in life. Yeah. And that's high MQ. But what happens is, is we learn throughout the years, you know, things don't go to plan. We start, that emotional intelligence thing kicks in and we know what it felt like to fail and it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yep, that wasn't a good feeling. So we don't want to do it again. We don't want to feel like that. We don't want people to laugh at us. So we attach all those negative emotions as we go through life because we start to experience things more. Our brains are, are like sponges. We start to take in things more. Yeah. Um, so I believe that we're born. We have all the characteristics to be successful in anything we do. And we both know that is true. But our brains are built to adapt to survive. Yeah. And, and we mix that up. Something along the line has been skewed, has been, um, you know, whether we like it or not, let's be honest. When you talk a few, I mean, we, I don't watch the news or, 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 or read newspapers, but, it, but it, um, by the way, that's a very, very, very small percentage of society don't. If, if I asked you to go and turn on Sky News right now, what do you think 90% of what you're going to hear in the next five minutes is going to be? Well, as you said, I'm uh, predominant thoughts or the emotions are the negative. So they, the media try to utilize on that and they will mostly show negative news because that gets viewed more. Yep. Marketeers, the best marketers on the planet play on our negative thoughts. Yeah. You don't want to be like this or you can be like this. If you mm-hmm. buy this, you can be this. So yeah. they're playing on our emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's just... It, Everything is geared around playing on that negative, that negative connotation. But we have, we have control. We yeah. don't need to give that away. Yeah. And that's what we teach for our leadership program. Everything we teach, everything we, 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 we um, and the learning process is all about taking control of your thoughts first and foremost. So developing that belief system. And then we teach the skills. Mm-hmm. Great. So you said, so we were talking about how uh, MQ and EQ is important for decision making. And uh, so I want to talk a bit more about that. So what do you feel, how does it impact leadership? So why MQ and EQ is important to be an effective leader? Okay, so first of all, let's talk about it. So MQ is important because that is a, that is the growth mindset. You know, that is the keep trying 
That is a, you know, looking at every opportunity, every challenge is an opportunity, right? So that's, that's absolutely key because we need that to be successful in life. Yep. Yeah. EQ is every bit as important because that's about being a servant leader. Yeah. Because I believe leadership, the big difference between management and leadership is leaders are there to serve others. Yep. You're really there to serve. You're there to, your, your key goal should be about developing your people mm-hmm. to make the right decisions, to be leaders themselves. Because you, know, you don't need a leader. A lot of people mix this up. Leaders are not always uh, based on title. Yep. You can be a leader in an organization at any level. Mm-hmm. And it's all about making people um, the best version of themselves. Without being corny, it's about trying to bring out the best in others. That's what great leaders do. Leaders, great leaders are mentors and coaches. And if you are not mentoring and coaching, then you are not leading. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of leaders mix that up because a lot of leaders, you know, I think the some of the best companies in the planet, yeah, leaders companies in the planet have a have a, a, a ratio of 60 40. Mm-hmm. If you can lead 40% of the time and manage 60% of the time. You're probably one of the best leaders in your in your industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem being is most leaders manage 90% of the time and lead 10% of the time. And that's the emotional intelligence part. Being able to read people, connecting with people, being empathetic towards people. But it's only part of it. You've still got to have that high uh, NQ to drive the emotion. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. believe in people, to believe in your own. In fact, you know, if you didn't have the high MQ, you wouldn't even believe in your own abilities. You would have that imposter syndrome. You'd always be questioning yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it's also, like you said, it's also about uh, having that fear of losing control. I think that's why uh, sometimes leaders get stuck with doing a lot because they're not delegating and this thing that, it has to be done the best, and the only person that they, that can do the best is themselves. And that's the biggest myth in yeah. leadership that anyone can do. I mean, I, I've experienced it myself. You know, yeah. both in my in my, my previous life and and also in my, my own business. You know, I built this up that this business from zero. You know, I I, I'm, I was not a learning development guy. I'm a, I'm an operations guy for oil and gas. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm used to running, you know, you know, billion dollar businesses in the oil and gas industry. Um, and having to take a step back, you know, when you build the business up so much, you've got to hand it over to other people because you can't do everything. You yeah. know, and my job now, my biggest job now is, is leading my team. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that they, 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 they're engaged, making sure that they're happy making sure that I'm constantly developing them, that I'm giving them everything they need to flourish. Yeah. You know, whether that means setting goals with them that matters to them in their lives, you know, increasing that accountability, it's really all about making them the best they can be. Because if they if they become the very best that they can be, then that allows me to build my business. Yeah. And I feel that's where being emotionally intelligent comes into place where you can understand their emotions and what drives them absolutely it's exactly where it comes in um you know without that emotional intelligence you know you're going to lose that ability to connect and build relationships 
you know, you're going to lose all of that, you know, uh, empathy. And so you definitely, without a doubt, to be a good leader, you must have high levels of, e of EQ. You've got to, you've got to have it. But you also, like I said, you've got to have that MQ. Yeah. Or you'll always be questioning your own, you know, for example, your family life will, will suffer, you know, because there's got to be a good blend um, of, of EQ and MQ and IQ, of course. Yeah. You've got to kind of know your stuff as well. Yeah. But IQ is the probably the least most important. Yeah, especially at a leadership level, I feel that IQ becomes less relevant. And what, as you talk about, so I think MQ is relevant because of that self-leadership kind of thing. And then you need EQ as well for people leadership. And together, that's what makes you a good leader. Absolutely. It's 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 the, self, the belief in others, by the way, as well. So that's e, MQ. So believing that others have the capabilities to, to be better, to do better, to achieve more. Yeah? yeah. To be able to look at your people and know. So, so for example, you know, every strength that we have was once a weakness. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking at your team, right, and there's problems in your team, look in the mirror. Because that's where the problems lie. Yeah. If you're the leader and you've got team problems, the problems lie, lie with you. You're not leading your team. You're not understanding. You're not sitting down and talking to them. You're, you need. To, that's what. That's the key leadership traits: is to listen to other people, is to try and make them the best. It's really coaching and mentoring. All great leaders are good coaches and mentors. Yeah. And if you're not coaching and mentoring your team, then you're not leading them. Hundred percent. I agree with that. So. What do you think somebody can do? So our viewers or people who are listening it over the podcast, what can they do in order to improve their MQ and EQ? So the MQ is really about self-belief. So first of all, but before you can have self-belief, because remember a lot of our beliefs are almost, I'm going to say they're almost ingrained. You've heard of the word core beliefs. Yeah. So a lot of those beliefs have happened quite a young age and then through experiences in life, through the emotional attachments we, we make to them. So we've really got to build on that belief. We've got to take control of our own thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting thinking and, and you're worrying about your team and you're, you're, you feel like, oh, you know, why do they not get it? What's their problem? Then, you, you, then you've got to understand that the problem lies with you first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to understand that. If your team or your business is not performing, the buck stops at you. Do they understand the vision? Are you communicating that correctly? Do your team... So, so for example, um, if you've got a team that of underperformers or lack of accountability or people are not doing what they're supposed to do, are you as a leader actually passing that message, that vision that those values of the company and the business, that you actually, I mean, you can't do it once a month or once a year. As a leader, you've got to be passing that, the vision and the values on a regular, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. As a leader, every conversation that you have in your business is a coaching or mentoring moment. You should not be telling your employees how to do things. Leaders ask really, really good questions. Managers tell. So if you're constantly telling your staff yep, what they need to do, you're managing them. 
Yeah. If you're asking your staff what they think they can do, then you're leading them. Yeah. So the first thing is to really understand yourself. You know, what am I doing? Am I asking questions more or am I telling more? That's a very, very clear um, that's a point that, that, that you're, you're not leading, you're actually managing. And the only way to ch change that is, you know, to get some de development yourself, you know, whether it's a really good coach or, you know, a company like ours coming into your business and sitting down with your leadership team and then building those core values and core beliefs of what do you want to have happen? What yeah. do you want your team? And then they need to be accountable. So if you to let's say you're you you you're the managing director of a company, and things aren't going to plan, and you've tried, and you just feel like nothing's. Everybody's I I call it rowing. I call it the the red team. When everybody in your organisation are all going in different directions, yeah? yeah, you will never ever ever be the best because there'll be other teams and organisations out there. And I call them the red arrow, eh, the green arrow teams, where they're all rowing in the same direction. Now imagine. The easiest way to put this is to, to kind of give a, a, a metaphor. So you've got two boats in the water, right? And you've got 12 of your team members, leadership team in each boat. And one team, everybody's rowing in different directions in the different times. And the other team, the, the green team, the green arrow team, they're all rowing in, in unison. What team's going to win the race? Of course, the green one, the one rowing in the same direction. That, that is what they need to do. They yeah. need to get their team rowing in the same direction and they need help to do that. That is not something that you just say, oh, I'm going to create this because you need to know how to do it. Yeah. And then once you, once you build that in, and by the way, you can't do it as a leader, you need to let your team do that. You need to let them build the vision with you and build their values as a team with you. And then you need to hold them accountable. So you need a, a system or a process in place. And I don't mean um, once every quarter doing a, 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 what is it you did, a performance review. If you're waiting to the end of a quarter to let your team know they're doing good or doing bad, you're not leading. Yeah. yeah. So so that's that's one thing you can do is, is, is you know, either a coach or a company to come in and really let your team develop those values and beliefs within the team. Um, and then hold them accountable. They, each team member needs to be held accountable to, to do what they say they're going to do. And that's how you get them all rowing in the same direction. Because, you know, I've experienced this personally. Where you go on a, a, a leadership course or a management leadership course and you go there and you're away for two or three days or four days or five days or whatever it is. Um, and everybody comes back to work, right? And they're absolutely buzzing. You know, everybody's buzzing. Oh, we're going to do these amazing things. A week later, guess what everybody's doing? They're all rowing in different directions again. Yeah. Yeah. Because they all see that, because because what we've done is we've created a, like, so if you're a sales director and you're an HR director, you both see the business completely different. Mm -hmm. So you need to take that, that it's like we're all looking through a, a, a different uh, uh, eyeglass or a different colour of glass. So they'll say, if, if you're looking through a blue glass, right, it doesn't matter what I tell you, it's always going to be blue. Mm -hmm. And if HR directors are looking through red glass, it doesn't matter what the guy in the blue says, no, it's blue. They're going to say, no, it's red. Because where they're sitting is different. Yeah. 
So that's what they need to do. They need to take those glass away. They need to clean all that away. They need to get someone to come in and help them. You know, it's where they're all looking from the same direction, or at least they all understand, you know, getting to move seats, getting to see it from each other's point of view. Build the vision, you know, build the values of the business around that and then make sure then, then the accountability is when they all row in the same direction. Awesome, great. So so what you say say is uh, especially for a team, it's important to when you when we're trying to t- shift a team's culture or when we're trying to shift uh, a team's level of uh, MQ or EQ, it's always good to uh, see if somebody from outside can help you and not just leave it for like a quarterly basis on an yearly thing, but have that shifted at, at a regular basis and reviewed at a regular basis. Absolutely. I mean, I have another saying, nothing will change unless you, you change. Yeah. Nothing will get better unless you get better. You cannot do it on your own, mm-hmm. you know, because guess what? As a leader or a manager or anybody, that, that, you know, the top of the business, they, they, they still got to do their job. They've still got to, you know, so it does take someone coming in that has a completely different, so they, they don't have an agenda. Yeah. They don't have a, a, a pre-planned expectation. They're going to come in. They're going to, I mean, the best coaches and the best trainers in the world will never put their own vision onto somebody. It, it, their job is to un, is, is to pull that information out of out of them. And by the way, that's why my company is called The Power Within, because we all have the power within. We already know what we need to do. We were born with it. Yeah. Yeah. Even your EQ, you know, part of your EQ is genetic. Yeah. Definitely. So we already know the things that we should do, but we've developed this almost um, cloud or experiences where we've always done it that way or, or, well, I don't, I've never tried it this, so I don't think that work or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's like, one of the things which I often say is uh, I work with extraordinary people and sometimes I get this from a client. I don't think whether I'm extraordinary. I was like, well, that's the, that's the key thing because I believe everybody is extraordinary. So when I say I work with extraordinary people, it's everybody because everybody has got that extraordinary genius inside them, as you've mentioned. They've all got the potential. Yeah. Everybody's got unlimited potential. I, 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 I talk about potential. Everybody's got unlimited potential. It's it's us that limit that potential. It's our beliefs that limit that. And by the way, sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of those beliefs stem back to our parents, our brothers, our sisters, school. Um, and, and that's that's where we work. We work on that, that mindset part. We, we right. clear the beliefs, we fix the beliefs, and then, and only then, do we start working on the skill gaps? Yeah, great. So if you could, so this this was how uh, they can get a shift in their team's MQ or EQ, but what if uh, somebody who's listening uh, this right now wanted to start creating shift within them, like at, at a personal level, um, is there something that they can do from like right away? Something that yeah. they can take away from this? Again, so I, I, I struggle with this part because, I mean, I could recommend to read a really good book and, you know, listen to good podcasts and, and, and get, get a coach. And until someone is ready to change, they will never 
change. You know, yeah. it's like positive mental attitude. You, someone who's negative and thinks negative, it doesn't matter how much positive you talk to them. It doesn't matter. They need to be ready to change. They need yeah. to want to change. So I could say, listen to really good podcasts, you know, get, you know, start downloading some really good books, do audible. I could say all of those things, but those are like a putting a sticky plaster over a over a, a, a deep wound. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. depend it depends on everybody individually. You know, if if you're already quite a positive person, then there's simple things you can do about taking control. Um, but everybody's individual. We don't. Everybody's at different stages. Everybody's cuts a little bit deeper. Um, so I, I I would suggest they get in a professional company mm-hmm. to at least do an evaluation, mm-hmm. to at least have a chat. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, what is they're trying to achieve? What's their, their, their challenges? You know, so it's, it's, a, it's a tough one from a personal or professional point of view. You know, for me, it's always training and learning. You're constantly learning. You know, I mean, we as an organization and a company and me as a person, I am learning every single day. I read or I listen to probably four or five books a month. Yeah. And I always take some, even if I don't enjoy the book, I always take something um, uh, from the book. I mean, I'm listening to one right now, and, it, and it's um, it's about servant leadership, and and it talks a lot about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not particularly that you know religious, but it talks about Jesus as the perfect servant leader, lead like Jesus. And there's lots of bits in it you think, God, that makes so much sense. Yeah, you know. So it's always uh, the reading really good books, um, but believable stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I think you mentioned the secret. There's nothing wrong with the secret, but it doesn't paint a right, you know, the right type of picture, in my opinion, because it doesn't matter how much you want something. You still need to take action. Yeah. And the secret doesn't really talk about the action. It only mm-hmm. talks about the, the, the thought, the, 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 the belief. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's something you uh, mentioned in your seminar as well, like uh, belief plus action gets your results. Exactly. And and it's not once, you know, this stuff, you know, you don't, you don't go in a leadership course or you don't bring a coach in and you do two or three sessions and and that's it. Again, it depends on how deep the wind is. Um, It's about consistency, you know, consistency over and over and over again. You know, for example, when you go to the gym, you don't go into the gym on a Monday, spend eight hours in the gym, and then um, you do that every Monday for you know six months. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to the gym for twenty minutes, five days a week, and then in a few months' time, you will see change. Yeah. You know, so it's all because all that's going to happen if you go to the gym for eight hours on a Monday, you're going to end up so painful and sore that you can't do anything the rest of the week anyway. So it's about that little, the little actions done consistently, you know, that consistent actions over and over again, that's when you see the results, whether it's leadership, whether it's personal development, whether it's business coaching, business development, it's about consistent, taking the right consistent actions over and over and over again. Awesome. I think that's where somebody from like an expert from outside or a company like yours can help as well, um, is making sure that those actions are taken. Uh, because a book cannot force you to take action. Book can only give you information. 
Uh, but yeah, having that accountability side of things as well. Uh, absolutely, and and that that is the biggest problem. You know, in in the world that we live in, that that instant gratification is massive. You know, there's people build businesses around it, um, and unfortunately, that instant gratification doesn't really work. You know, it's about consistent actions over and over and over again. You ain't going to buy a leadership course in a month. You're going to be the best company in the world. It isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it takes that consistent action over and over again, and then you start to see those those results. And I mean, the the, the thing is, is is this isn't my just my opinion. This is you look at any highly successful company or person or or um, sports person in this world. They all do exactly the same thing. Yeah. They're very, very good self-leaders, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've mastered self-leadership, and then they go on and lead others. And that's why you see a lot of, uh, you know, really successful uh, sports people go on and be good business coaches because they've mastered the art of self-leadership. Mm-hmm. They've mastered the art of motivational intelligence. Yeah. Even when you don't want to do it, even when you can't be bothered getting up, you keep going forward. Even every time you fall, you get back up, you dust yourself down, and you keep going forward. And that is exactly what motivational intelligence is, that ability to dust yourself down, look forward, and keep moving forward. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much for that, James. Uh, It's been a wonderful session and I'm sure uh, our viewers, our listeners will get a lot from it. So thank you again for being a guest on my podcast. Absolute pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, see anything I can do to help anyone, you know, even if they want to reach out a free chat, you know, more than welcome. I mean, you know me, uh, you know, we're we're a company. It's, it's, It's all about purpose, not profit. Um, so I'm always more than happy to have a chat. And, and by the way, it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you again. And it's been a couple of years, so thank you for inviting me on. No worries. Uh, just because you mentioned there, so if, if any of our viewers or listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they do that? Um, they can get in touch with me at james at thepowerwithintraining.com, www.thepowerwithintraining.com. Uh, james, uh, the power within, um, on LinkedIn, or the Power Thin Training on LinkedIn. We're also Facebook, uh, YouTube, we've got a YouTube channel, all the Power Thin Training. So yeah, anywhere you want, you can you can you can come and get us. Awesome, great. Well, once again, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast, Jim. My pleasure. Listen, I, I wanted to mention to you about our executive diploma. Oh yeah. We just released our brand new executive diploma in leading with motivational intelligence so you actually get a, a, a qualification at the end of it so i wanted to put that bit in there it's, it's been released as of today so the first day of releases today great awesome well anybody who's listening uh, as well if you want to increase your motivation and intelligence you know where to go to day. you too take care Thank you for listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Find out more at superhumaninyou.com.